Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Doughboys Fantasy Football Podcast. This tonight we had to dig deep. This there, there's a lot going on tonight. We had a lot of kind of barriers to getting this pod, but man, we are committed to bringing you a pod whenever it is our week. So, uh, at let's see. 10.57 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, we are ready, finally, to jump into this pod. So, on behalf of Matt and I both, I would like to welcome you to our Tank Talk tonight. Uh, Matt, you want to uh, say hi to the audience? Hello, audience. Man, so uh, you want to explain to our audience why uh, <laughs> it is 11 p.m. on a work night, and I'm yeah. just now starting this pod? Yeah, this is a hundred percent on me, boys. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it is my I fault, fault, but the, yeah. the fault was out of my control. But I guess the the blame does get put on my shoulders. So, um, <coughs> started to feel under the weather. Um, <laughs> Just to be clear, right before yeah. I pressed record, Matt said. Whenever I hear a cough coming on, I'll try and mute. <laughs> and no, here we are, no, three minutes ain't, in. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no muting that one. Um, started to get a little head cold Sunday. You know, slowly developed. It has now reached the like chest cough starting of stages. This morning, I woke up feeling like death. Uh, so I am not going to school tomorrow. Um, so to abbreviate the story, got my stuff ready for sub plans. Blah blah blah. Knew Brian was going to be coming back from a work thing. We talked about doing the pod around 9.30. So at like 9, 9.15, get on my laptop, start to send a couple emails, try to upload some stuff to Schoology for my students for tomorrow. Uh, my computer's just acting weird. So I do the logical thing, try to restart it, has trouble restarting. I'm like, all right, no biggie. Computer turns back on. And I'm like, what the heck? The time says it's 1.30 in the morning. It's 9.25. Like, what's happening? Look at the date and time. My laptop currently thinks it's October 1st, 2083. So because of that, yeah, all of my applications are like freaking out because the date and time is off. Can't access my email. Can't connect to the internet on my laptop. And it's like bouncing back and forth. None of the applications are loading. Tried troubleshooting some stuff. Told me my laptop was clear of all bugs. Restarted it again. Still says it's 2083. So I am coming to you uh, on... From the future? (laughs) Yeah, from the future. um, I'm actually 87 years old right now. Uh, That's why I have a cough. I'm on my deathbed. How many many of the... uh, Just out of curiosity in 2083, how many of the, the 10 original boys league owners are still alive uh six and actually more importantly which ones <laughs> oh, i can't i can't divulge which ones but there are six of us still remaining <laughs> six is not bad <laughs> for our mid to late 80s i would take that yeah hey the boys <laughs> the boys have an impressive run yeah that is awesome <laughs> clearly you're one of the six too if you're talking to us from 2083 so hell yeah dope boys last that leaves five spots left <laughs> so yeah it's been it's been a night for old matt kinney over here yeah man that is uh quite a start going back to your talk about um your cold that was setting on though i uh i i told you this the other night but my colds are like so predictable. Like 
every single time I get a cold, I have, you know, a sore throat or a stuff, you know, stuffy nose or whatever at night at like nine o'clock the night before I'm like the next day I'm like, man, yep, I am getting sick. This is not, not, not good, but I'm like, not terrible yet. And then days two and three and four, most times I'm like on my deathbed. I feel terrible day five i'm like starting to come out of it and then like six seven eight nine ten it feels like i'm like 80 percent. i just cannot get over the hump like getting back to to being 100 percent, and then like freaking two weeks later all of a sudden i feel like i'm i'm back to normal again but for me it's like i'm i don't know every I, every day i get to like day five or every time i get a cold i get to like day five and i'm like oh, i'm one more day and i'll be done and then it's never the case yeah, I like to I like to think mine are the same where you get over about that weak timeline and you kind of hit the descent. For whatever reason, the last I would say probably the last two years or so, when I get sick, the amount of just like like I don't really have an like a huge issue with coughs or sore throats, but just my nose runs nonstop. Like I had, I remember uh, just recently earlier this year, I mean, it would have been last winter, but like January, February of this year, like I got sick and on, I mean, like you said, like the peaks, like that day three, four range in there. I had a night where like I kept waking up in the middle of the night because like I could feel snot, like just leaking out of my nose. I, this is exactly what the boys want to hear on this podcast, but yeah, like that's, I mean, shoot, I feel like those memes of like, just people just like curled up just like in a coffin like ready to just you know last breath but i mean i yeah i i feel like i sound stuffed up right now and like i've, I've probably gone through at least three boxes of kleenex in the last five days yikes that feels, a like lot. A never, feels like a never-ending thing i'm telling you i blow my nose constantly wow wow well we'll talk uh up, talk up loogies and yeah I don't understand how I have this much like have a, this much mucus in my body where it comes from. Yeah, wow. I'm I feel, a... I I feel like so I know you know this about me, but I don't think the rest of the boys do. But one of my like biggest biggest fears in in life is is like throwing up in public. Like mm-hmm. so many times, like all through college, I would get like anxious or nervous or whatever and i would convince myself that i had a stomach ache or that i was nauseous or whatever and it all stemmed from like i i feel like i would be so embarrassed and mortified if i threw up in public and i and so i got into this like bad cycle in my head where i was like convincing myself that i was i was like nauseous and sick and stuff and i was about to throw up and then i would like you know make it worse and stuff and I, to this day, like I'm, I, I, I have much better control over that now. I do not get quite as, you know, anxious and nervous and like drive myself to be nauseous anymore. But even now, like I would take probably a week long cold at its worst than like a single day of feeling nauseous and sick. Like I, the feeling nauseous is like one of the worst things 
in the world to me. Like I, it just shuts me down completely. I cannot function when I feel nauseous. Would you, would you prefer a single full day of feeling nauseous or a, an entire week of having a cold? I would say it depends on the nausea that I'm feeling. I like, I don't necessarily hate the idea of an upset stomach. I do hate like throwing up itself. Um, I had food poisoning back in March and if I'm getting like that kind of sick where like my body is telling me it has to get rid of stuff and there's nothing to get rid of, but my body still goes through the motion of like vomiting and nothing yeah. comes up. I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Like, yeah, that was same. probably the most miserable day of my life. But I mean, yeah, I would, I would be okay with a single day as opposed to like a, you know, a week long cold flu type deal especially if I knew it was just like a single day of nausea and I'm just like, ugh, I just need to bum it out and lay on the couch or in bed and like chill, eat some bland crackers and I'll sleep yeah. it off in the morning, you know? Yeah. But Annie is, uh, 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 somebody that like whenever she feels sick, she will do what she calls pulling trigger and AKA gagging herself so oh. that she will throw up. And, oh. It's something that, and she has offered to do it for me before when I felt sick. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> That's going to trigger me right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, part of me respects it because like, she just talks about how like the set, you know, she just like forces herself to throw up. And then once she's done throwing up, she feels better. And like doesn't sit in the nausea for you know hours and hours and hours and stuff. But I'm also like my end goal is doing everything I can to avoid throwing up, so I can never get myself to like actually force myself to. Oh but my gosh, like yeah, I, I agree. You feel better once the barf has come out. But my gosh, to do it to yourself, number one, to do it to yourself like takes guts. It takes freaking huge cojones to willingly <laughs> offer to gag somebody else that thing. you don't know what you get on your finger on the way back out <laughs> oh my gosh well i'm just yeah. like she i don't even know she did so it thoughts in, on that yeah, she did it in college a lot like when she was drunk and stuff coming back from the bars or something like she would do that and i was like dang that's crazy like i only i've only thrown up from drinking too much twice once once at tommy's bachelor party and when i was sitting on the the back deck and uh i that was the one time that i stayed up with austin and tommy kind of going drink for drink with them while the rest of you guys went to bed early and uh i i ended the night um with tommy chatting my ear off on the back patio <laughs> until i told him i said Tom, I'm sorry, but I need you to leave me alone <laughs> because I've got to throw up. So that was one of the times. And another time was after cactus one time randomly. Uh, but anyway, like she she would just do it all the time so that she didn't have to deal with like being hung over and nauseous and, you know, feeling drunk and stuff. Thanks. Mad respect there. Yeah. I, I was like, I cannot do that. I'm going to view Annie in a whole new light from now on. Yeah. Yeah. She's proud of it too. She would like, if you ask yeah. her, she will gladly tell you about, about her experiences with it. Hell yeah. Um, you, uh, brought up my, the, you know, me, 
uh, coming back from a work event tonight. So I took oh. my I took my team from Seymour out to uh, game show battle rooms, and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's uh, yeah, it's on Eighty Sixth Street in Allisonville, and it's it's pretty much like it's the second time we've been, and it's uh, you pretty much like get to pretend like you're on a game show. So like one of the rooms is like Jeopardy and uh, Wheel of Fortune and uh, one other one. I forget what it is. And then the room we did tonight. Well, Family Feud is in the room we did tonight. So there's a third game that you play in the first room. It's called the Classic Showdown Room. It's like kind of the classic game shows or whatever. And then there there's the other room called like primetime show showdowns. And that was like family feud and it's like minute to win it games and you know, things along those lines. Um, but anyway, it's actually a blast. Like, I think we should totally have, uh, have the boys do it, uh, together. Like, I think, I think Josh is coming back into town and, uh, around, around the holidays and we should like totally get all the boys together and go do it. It's a ton of fun. And like spouses too and stuff. Like it's, it's a good time. I am uh, all for TV game shows. Yeah, my, it's right up your alley. Shows. Yeah, and they have like Her. hosts and stuff, like that <coughs> take you through the game. Yeah, it's a tried, good time. Tried to tried to click the mute button right there, and I missed I, right before the I, cough. That was that was better than the first time, though. <laughs> but yeah, what's new with you though? Any any uh. Any interesting, you know, things you've been up to recently? He's on, he's on mute again, guys, coughing. So, well, currently we'll dying right now. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, not anything crazy going on right now, but we uh, currently doing probability to end the semester in my algebra classes. So, speaking of game shows, utilize like I use a lot of game shows to like reinforce probability. You know how it like influences people's decision. When is it smart to go against intuition? Things like that. So, just makes it a little more hands on right before Thanksgiving. Uh, watched a lot of Deal or No Deal episodes. Um, put people in the shoes of like, do you make the deal? Do you not make the deal? Kind of like finishing the video clip to see like what kids were smart or like stupid in the decision and choices and things like that. So, they do get a good kick the, out of it. Do you do the whole like the you know classic scenario of like choose choose door one or door two? Or you know, like choose door one, door two, or door door three, and you choose door three, and and then they reveal mm-hmm. that door one has like a terrible prize behind it, and then they're like, "Do you want to switch your door?" And you're like supposed to say yes, even though that doesn't feel right. Is that one of your uh, probability scenarios? I don't do that with my algebra two students, but when I the last few years when I taught the semester long province stats classes, I would bring up the, that's the Monty Hall pipe or not Monty Hall Python, Monty Hall problem um, that Brian is referring to. So um, I have brought that up. It is a great, just like probability question to bring up um, because I mean, so many people think, Oh, there's a 50, 50 chance now that I could win, you know, the car as opposed to getting a dud behind the door. But in reality, it's still, two out of three if you switch and you can go on and do like simulators of the game and just like you know do you want to switch do you want to switch do you want to switch the idea is like over time you know it's if you play the game multiple times it is in your best interest to switch okay in the in the immediate moment 
everything's up to chance. But if you were given the opportunity to play the game a hundred consecutive times, the probability says, and the math says, if you switch, you will be a winner roughly two out of every three times you play. So you would win about 67 times in the yeah. 100. Interesting. So, I, I I think I'm probably not alone in saying that I've never really been able to wrap my head around how that probability works, but I believe you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of a funny uh, little side story that I just remembered too. Uh, kind of a unique um, work scenario. Uh, as you know, I've, I, uh, in my job, I deal with a lot of very, very funny situations with some of my employees. And, uh, I recently found out in the last week or two that, uh, we, I have an employee who on the side, uh, hosts a podcast similar to us. Uh, but at the beginning of every podcast, he, uh, states that it's sponsored by Pepsi, (laughs) which it is most certainly not sponsored by Pepsi. And we are not sponsored by Pepsi and by any means, but uh, yeah, so that was a kind of funny, unique one that I got to deal with recently. Can he like? Can he be in like legal trouble for saying that? Oh yeah. By Pepsi? Oh, I'm man, sure. Hey, like that's a. I feel like that's a big no-no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. That's I'm a sure. bold move on his part to. I know. <laughs> claim sponsorship by one of the biggest corporations in the world. I know. I know. Yeah. So that was an interesting one, but that's dealt with. So. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, that was, that was kind of funny. So, um, before, before we transition into, uh, football talk, because I know the boys love listening to the Doughboys just shoot at the hip. I wanted to offer a rebuttal to something that Josh and Sloan brought up in their Thanksgiving pod, which shout out to them for yeah. putting in the work on Thanksgiving. Uh, they took our call of action from our prior pod, kind of calling, jokingly calling them out. Um, but coming in on a Thanksgiving pod, it was immaculate, incredible, very well done. Um, but they did talk about, you know, where did this Doughboy nickname come from? Yeah. I was going to slash slash. Would we ever be willing to alter the Doughboy nickname? And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, would you ever be willing to relinquish the Doughboy title? Um, to directly answer your question, yes, I would be willing to if you did not want to be called that anymore. Am I interested in relinquishing it personally? Not necessarily. I think it's actually really funny. And I, I, I don't know. I just think it fits us perfectly. So I personally don't feel a need to or an interest in relinquishing it, but I would be willing to if, if you know, like you, if you did not find it funny anymore, if you didn't think it was, you know, befitting of us. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was a very interesting conversation too. What were your, what were your thoughts? No, I, I mean, I totally get, especially from an outsider's perspective, like Josh's coworker, being like, why yeah. the hell do you call your, yeah. like, the, the two <laughs> biggest guys in the group the Doughboys? Like, yeah. That's so mean. <laughs> like, no, nah, it's, I mean, this is, this is self-inflicted right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I know Josh had mentioned, like, when we came up with it, I honestly, I feel like it just happened to be, like, what? I mean, it had to have just been, like, some night where you and I... I, I mean, the only thing I, I can, can imagine is us. The only thing I can imagine, like, I'm just picturing, like, eighth grade Brian and Matt, like, at your house on a Friday at, like, 
10 p.m. Yeah. Trying <laughs> trying to bake one of those freaking yeah. pies. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about those pies. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if your guys' high pies. schools high schools would do these, but like you know, like the PTO would sell like goods and stuff like that. Brian's mom would get these like pies from PTO bake sales, and they were like Hershey's pies. And they Brian were so and I, good. We were like, oh my gosh, we're gonna make one. We're gonna dump ice cream on it, and we're gonna eat it, and just like relinquishing the goodness. I think we probably cooked those things. I don't know, probably like 25, 30 times in our lifetime. Yeah, I don't think we ever made a pie correctly once. No, <laughs> it always came out this just like soupy, soupy <laughs> mess. But it tasted so good every time. It did. It was so good. It was so good. Oh gosh. my god! But yeah, I, I, mean, I feel about like it was just pies. like something from there and it just kind of stuck and then freaking in covid when we started playing rocket league when we realized we could do clan names we were yeah. like Dude, we have to go with the Doughboys." yeah oh of course i i do think it's funny some of the reactions we get from teams that we're playing to our nickname i feel like oh. we every once in a while get some funny comments from from the players that that we're going against I remember, I mean, I don't remember when we played them, but I just remember, like, you get those people who are just, like, just straight shit talkers online. And there was one group of guys that we played that every time they scored, they would just type in the chat, like, yeah, you like that, Tubby? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, talking, like, dirty to us about being fat. Like, yeah, I know. You know it's like when we score goals. <laughs> and like, we're just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Tubby Tubby boy number one loves it. <laughs> that is awesome. Gosh. I had forgotten about that. Do you remember our other uh, our other adventure with uh, sleepovers at my house and desserts that were given to us? Are you talking about the uh, the Klondike? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right, so I I feel like a couple of members of the group know this story, but. Uh, if you guys remember back to my best man speech at Matt and Kim's wedding, um, I told a story about how when Matt and I were in high school, we used to play this game in my driveway uh, where, and we would play it late at night. Like it, we'd play it at like 11 PM, midnight, 1 AM, whatever. And it would be uh, one person standing behind the three point line and they would shoot a shot. And like, right as they were releasing the shot, the other one would yell out the name, of of a girl you know typically that we went to school with um and if you made the shot it meant that you were married to them and if you missed the shot it you know it, it meant that you weren't and uh so inevitably by the end of the night we would you know have quote you know 15 quote-unquote wives that we you know where we hit shots and it was always just hilarious because you never knew if the other person was going to yell out the name of like this super hot girl that we both had a crush on or whatever or you know not that <laughs> um and uh anyway one of the nights i don't even remember i didn't even feel like it was that late i felt like it was like 10 30 11 11 30 something like that but anyway um our neighbor across the street from from my parents house uh came out at like 11 30 at night and asked us if we like asked us so so nicely if we could go inside because we were you know like they were they were trying to go to sleep and we were keeping them up and she was, she was like the sweetest, sweetest woman. She was like, she clearly felt 
very bad that she was asking us to do this. But of course, that made us feel terrible that we were, you know, keeping them awake just for us to play this this stupid little game. Um, and then anyway, then like the next morning or something, she came over to my parents' house and brought us Klondike bars because she felt bad that that she had asked us to to you know go inside. So anyway, even though we were the ones that kept her up at night, uh, she brought us Klondike bars the next morning as a result. So that was that was an all time moment. What would you do for a Klondike bar? I would keep my neighbor up past their bedtime. <laughs> Way past their bedtime, too. So that's what we decided. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. But uh yeah, that's there I, I stand with you that I, I think we should continue the the Doughboy's nickname. Big time, big time Doughboy guy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. So um well I guess, you know, here we are probably 30 minutes into the podcast. I guess we can transition into a couple of a uh, couple of fancy football topics. Honestly, the reason we were kind of talking about it just you know shooting the shit a bit was uh, a little bit less you know a little bit less involved uh, week from from a fan you know from a dynasty perspective. Most of our you know, I'd say our playoff teams are probably set. Yeah, I know we've said this like five times, but it feels like our Waffle House uh, you know uh, uh, adventure is set. Um, and now it's just kind of, you know, hashing out where, where the rest of the league finishes uh, and, and kind of getting geared up for the playoffs. Um, and, you know, because of that here in these last, you know, what, two weeks of the regular season, um, some teams are, are making some interesting decisions. So uh, the reason we the reason we named um, our pod, uh, welcome to my, you know, welcome to our tank talk was uh because we wanted to discuss kind of the you know just generally the 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 strategies around tanking and you know why some teams are doing it why some teams aren't doing it so uh you want to kick us off what are your thoughts on on some of the strategies going on right now i think it's interesting like when you when you reference the term tanking right like i feel like there's different levels to tanking of like i my team is actively tanking right now. When we started the thing, like this whole dynasty process, like Mike was tanking in the sense that we intentionally have set up our rosters with like not top end talent, young players that, you know, aren't at their peaks of producing. And inherently we have created a bad team, but we've got like capital in the future moving forward, like that essence of tanking. Yeah. But then you also think of tanking in the sense of like, I'm going to intentionally put a bad product out there, even though I can put a better product on the field. Yep. Just so my team can suffer. And, <clears throat> you know, I feel like that kind of intent, especially when it's early in the season, like we're talking week one, two, and three, I feel like that's typically like should be frowned upon. And honestly, I don't remember in our bylaws if we have anything against that. Or if, like, the whole idea where, like, somebody can tank is more so just, like, if you know you're safe from Waffle House or you know you can't make the playoffs or whatever. Like, I honestly don't remember if we just said, like, yeah, you can you can start nobody the entire season if you want to and you just face the Waffle House punishment. Like, I Yeah, I think that's what they were kind of talking about in the in the group me was that just, you know, like, because the we had the Waffle House punishment, like, if you would like to tank and, you know, go go to waffle house like you're you're allowed to do that at least that's how i interpreted it so if if that's not the case somebody let us know 
But I guess my thoughts on that more so are like, and I don't think any of us, I feel like there's a widespread quote unquote fear of Waffle House enough that everybody's going to give it, you know, the, their best shot for long enough before they decide that it's time to kick in the towel. So I don't really worry about anybody like being at like super intentional about doing that. I will say though, like Austin knowing that he can't make the playoffs. Yeah. His point total still not that much higher than a lot of the people around him. Yeah. I think it is incredible. I mean, I think he's kind of dumb for keeping DK in his lineup because DK's had probably the best game of his career. I don't think he crossed his mind. I think the game had already started before he even crossed his mind. To, yeah, to that's a tough look because DK's got three touchdowns, like 160-some <laughs> receiving yards. Like I think, D- I think DK himself this week has scored almost as many points as I did in he, the league's yep. lowest record week ever. He's and at Austin's 34. He's going to put one person in the in the game. So I think it's hilarious that he still has like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in his lineup or whatever. But like Austin tanking this week and next week, like if that means that you outscore him this week and on good and Mike and like Colin and everybody, like he's safe from Waffle House. Austin yeah. owns his own 2024 pick. Yeah. Shoot, if I'm not going to Waffle House, why not give me a chance to sneak on up there and get into the top three? A hundred percent. I think it makes yeah. so much sense. And like, I'm, you know, and I think he, he lines up pretty well because if you look at, uh, you don't have your first, correct? Mike, Mike has his first, yours. mine and on goods. Yeah. And then Colin has his and yours. Yeah. And so, so it's the only like if you, people he's competing with, Austin's competing with are those two picks. Yeah. Well, I, I would expect Austin to be picking third because, like, if he keeps this up and uh, – because I have no incentive to tank because I don't have my first or my second. You don't have any incentive to tank by not having your first. And Anga doesn't have any incentive to tank. So, like, all – you know, the three of us should all, you know, I would assume continue to to put our best lineups forward. So if Austin, you know, sticks with this, like, I in my I would have to imagine the, the top three picks are going to be – you know, Colin at one, uh, Mike will probably start tanking himself once he's fully safe from Waffle House. So, you know, Mike and or Austin at two and then the other one at three. Like, the in- I think Austin's going to pull this off really, really, you know, intelligently. The interesting thing about it, too, though, is like Mike and Ongood aren't technically safe from Waffle House this week just yet. True. But again, Austin's like not that far ahead of them. With yeah. so many teams on buys this week, Austin goes out and puts up like the lowest score of the week. My team projected to do terrible. Dylan's team doesn't even have two quarterbacks. He has no quarterbacks, so he's probably not going to put up a ton of points. On good and Mike being projected in like the low hundreds right now, we're looking like they might finish like top four, top five at least. Yeah. So we're talking about Austin gaining four or five points on him this week before Angad and Mike can say, oh, I'm safely out of Waffle House. Now I can tank. And Austin's already got a head start. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be interesting if, you know, do, does, or not Angad, but like Mike specifically, does Mike run the risk of trying to tank his team now and just hope that Colin doesn't finish that far ahead of him? Yeah, because, or yeah. does he keep does he keep going and going? I don't know. Because I I feel like Mike could try and like you know 
see if he can't place himself somewhere in the middle where like, you know, he, he maybe like, maybe he sets a lineup where he's going to try and finish like third, you know, where he, he'll obviously beat Austin. Um, but I don't know. Collins projected higher than a lot of teams in this league. So it's like, you know, maybe Mike tries to split the difference and, and keep close to Collins number, but still, you know, make sure that he doesn't pull off like a, an eight, nine, 10 point week here and, and let Austin jump him. Or, you know, if Mike's, you know, fear of Waffle House, even if it's probably pretty slim chance, even, you know, even if he were to fully, fully tank that Colin makes up 15, you know, maybe even 16 table points on him. Yeah. You know, I, and also, you get what I'm saying? Like, I wonder yeah, if he's looking, looking at the standings, though, too. Um, no, is that the most recent standings? Oh, no, that's not the most recent standings. That's the most recent standings. Here we go. Like, Austin's four points ahead of Mike right now. At 59. Mike's at 55. Wait, isn't Mike safe from Waffle House, too? I don't think so, because there's two weeks left, so Mike could get to only 57, and theoretically Colin could yeah. get because Austin's Austin's guaranteed to get to at least 61. Okay. Yeah. So, but like right now, if everything stays true this week, Austin's going to get one point projections hold Mike gets seven. Yeah. Which puts Austin now at least three three points points behind Mike and is going to let you myself on good catch up to him. Yeah. At least in some manner. Yeah, and then if he tanks again from there, like he just continues to to plummet down, and now he's ahead of Mike trying to make it happen, and you know, then he's like, "Shoot, I'm just going to straight up post a zero. Yeah, or you know, or maybe I don't know if, what we would do in the case of a tie at zero if that would even come up, but yeah, and that's that's why I wonder, like, I wonder if Mike you know, between now and Sunday doesn't look, and I mean, maybe he is doing that because he's got, he's got Pat Mahomes on the bench. He's got two on the bench and, you know, he's starting Trevor Lawrence and CJ Stroud, which obviously CJ Stroud's been a stud and Trevor Lawrence is playing a bad defense. So maybe he is going forward. It's tough to tell with all Mike's quarterbacks, but like, I, you know, maybe he looks to sit like a Garrett Wilson or a, you know, whatever, a Jalen Waddle you know, Nico, Tank Dell, and start guys like Alan Lazard and, you know, Elijah Moore and Alec Pierce and, and all those and mm-hmm. see if he can't, you know, kind of land this plane in like the middle of the table where he doesn't seed, you know, six points, seven points to Austin, but also, you know, like gains I mean, ground or very uh, loses very little ground to Colin. It re- let's be realistic here. Like, the only way Mike doesn't eliminate himself from Waffle House contention is if Colin outscores him by six points this week. Yeah. Like, if you're nine points ahead of Colin heading into the final week, like, the worst you can do is tie. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and he's not Colin gonna, has to, Colin has to outscore him by six. Austin. He's not going to fall behind Austin. He's probably not going to fall behind Dylan. Probably not falling behind me. Yeah. So, boom, he's getting four points right there. Like, that's worst-case scenario in all of it. Even with the lineup he has right now, you know, he knocks it down. Dylan actually puts in a couple starters with, like, because right now he's got two, like, position players that are on buys in his starting lineup. 
Like Dylan will be projected in the, like the low nineties. Like I think Mike can kind of weasel his way in there as well, but I think it'll be really interesting next week. What him and Austin decide to do Same. to get themselves down because I mean, and I will say like, I know part of the reason Mike like has been so excited having my pick and Ongood's pick and like both of our teams kind of being bad and like me tanking my team, but then like he's been pissed off that Ongood's been really good. Like Mike wants that opportunity to get one of the top two picks. Yeah. Like I don't think Mike would love to have both of them, but he's shoot, give me one of the top two. And yeah. like granted myself and Ongood would have to seriously make or not Ongood, but myself specifically would have to make up some serious ground with what yeah. my score is to kind of move myself away from being the second or third pick to give to Mike um, to move him out of there for like Austin to drop down. But I don't know. We'll see. Crazy things can happen. Maybe yeah. I pull out some just nonsense in week 14 and uh, put my pick at number three for Mike. And yeah, now Mike picks three, four, Which... five instead of one, two, three, like we thought he would. I have two thoughts too that I want to, you know, touch on here. Like one, I yet another year where, you know, Mike is nowhere close to going to Waffle House. Like the fact that I think if you averaged out the th- you know rosters over the three years, I think most of us would agree his is, you know, been the worst, maybe the second worst, um, you know, for for most of this you know, most of this league and he yet again is safe. And now I think he's at a point where like, I don't think he's anywhere close to Waffle House contention for three or four years, at least like, and I, the fact that he has not had to, to go is crazy to me. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with that. It's just, he, like we said a couple of weeks ago, he's, he's danced around it and somehow continues to, to evade. Yeah. Evade I also, I also think it's a little, I mean, disappointing is the wrong word, but like it's, it's too bad, I guess that uh, Sloan and Josh ended up, you know, being right. Like week one of the pod about, you know, there being such a big difference between the top four and the, in the bottom six. And I don't necessarily think it's going to last, you know, last forever or anything, but like um, really like, I, I thought that we were at a point, you know, five, six weeks ago where there ma- might actually be a bit of, you know, a bit in play for that last playoff spot. And Tommy really kicked it into gear. You know, Dylan's had um, a couple, you know, Dylan had a really good week, especially last week. Um, and they really like widen that gap again. So I, I think it's, it's a little bit of a, um, you know, like I, I think Austin's team, my team and Mike's team. And I mean, to an extent yours as well, just really came up short this season. Like I, I thought, I definitely thought my roster um, was, was within, you know, was call it within 10 table points of the playoffs. Um, I thought Austin's roster was within 10 table points of the playoffs. Uh, and I thought you and Mike were probably within 15 to 20 table points of the playoffs. And it turns out none of the four of us were, you know, at this point before tanking 21 points shy of the playoffs. Yeah, it is very unfortunate to see like that play out. Um, I am really curious to see, and I want to go back and listen to our podcast at the beginning of the season and in those like first couple of weeks. You know, I mean, everybody 
on goods going to Waffle House, on goods going to Waffle House. Like we yeah. shoved that narrative down people's throats. I'm going to go into Waffle House. No. I'm curious. He's going to be well clear. If anybody called out Colin being a potential Waffle House person in those first few weeks. Yeah. I'm really yeah. interested if somebody was like, ah, Colin's my dark horse Waffle House person. Honestly, in on one of my drives to Seymour, you know, next week, I might go back and, and listen to like kind of the preseason pod and maybe the week one or week two pod just because you're right. That is very interesting. I feel like a lot of people would have said, like, on good, you know, maybe Austin's a dark horse candidate. Maybe, like, um, Mike is a dark horse candidate. Like, you know, I don't know if Colin would have been brought in there or not. But yeah. Yeah. Crazy how the table giveth and the table taketh away. Yeah. No, I agree. (laughs) In this, I mean, like, I know, you know, my tune will definitely change over the offseason and and on that. You know, on our preseason pod before the 2024 season, I'll definitely be, you know, telling you how I think I have a chance and how Austin has a chance and whatever. But, like, I'm like, man, how much can change in one offseason? Like, do we, you know, is it probably too early to call that, you know, these are probably our four playoff teams again next year? Like, I, I think I think kind of a trap that a lot of us have fallen into is at the beginning of the Dynasty League, we all – like misvalued how important, you know, like longevity was like, we all just, you know, we were all like kind of, we were new to the dynasty landscape. We didn't understand how picks, how the valuable picks were. And, you know, Sloan was Sloan was, you know, writing off all rookies because he didn't know any of them. And now he's like, you know, he's made trades for first round picks. Um, You know, like he's, he's kind of changed his stance on it. And like, and now I kind of feel like the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction where I feel like, and I'm included in this, I feel like a lot of owners in our league undervalue, you know, any player older than 28. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, I just think a lot of us view age, their age 28 season through their age 34 season as like all the same. And it's it's blatantly not true. Like well, and you're you're seeing that with, you know, we talked about running backs a few weeks ago. Like and the running back, the running back drop off is like it just it it happens. Like it's there. Yeah. Right? Like Christian McCaffrey, super stud. Who's to say like next year isn't his final season? You know? Yeah. Derek Henry seems to push boundaries. Like he might turn into nothing next year, you know. Other the, these other guys who are 26, 27 years old, but I really feel like this is being seen from a wide receiver landscape of, you know, Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers of our generation, big yeah. name guy, two years ago. Oh, Devontae Adams is 20, 30 years old. He's got maybe two good years of football left. And here we sit at him being 30, you know, 132 with Aiden O'Connell as his quarterback still putting up 20-point performances. Yeah. You know, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's, like, lacerated or broken almost every joint in his body. He's 31 years old, statistically having the best season of his career. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Oh, you know, his 
production's going to go down. The Bucks' offense is bad. Baker's not that good. He's going to have a his like ten thousand yard season in a row. Yeah, like I feel like the especially from the wide receiver position, the longevity and like quality of wide receiver just lasts so much longer. And I think that's like the main difference that those top teams have is they've got older wide receivers with a proven track record that yeah. are still on that track. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, as you know, when I had Devonte Adams, you know, for most of the season, like I couldn't give him away to most, most managers. Like I, you know, I held, I held my asking price. So like I, you know, and some people didn't want to meet that and that's fine. But like, it felt like, you know, I traded a first for Devonte Adams in the middle of last season. And like, I, I couldn't give most people to give up, you know, a late first and a second or a late first and a, you know, a young bench player or whatever. Like nobody was, nobody was interested in, in him. And like, yeah, to your point, I mean, especially because it sounds like he might, you know, try and link back up with, with Aaron Rodgers in New York. Like Devonte might have another good three, four seasons left in him. Who knows? And I, I think we've totally, I shouldn't say we, I think a lot of us have totally overcorrected our original mistakes in the dynasty league to just view. Yeah. To my point, like, to just view age 28 season through age 34 season as one and the same. And yeah. And, and I think, yeah, like we're, we're taking for granted how slowly time moves. Like we're like, wow, we're already in year three of this dynasty and stuff. And, and in reality, that's not that much time. And, you know, a decision that you made to trade away at 28 year old or 27 year old in the, in year one of the dynasty league. Well, you know, you know what he's, He's 30 now. Like, whoop-de-doo. He's still producing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, like you mentioning people overcorrecting on that that thinking. These teams at the top right now, more not as much Dylan, but Josh, Tommy, Sloan, the three teams with the most, like, older age players. Boom boys, as they would the boom, call them. The boom boys, because they are of the boomer age. Winnie, chill <laughs> out. And they put up big production. Does anybody else in the league give them any sort of value that they would want to try and get younger? Or are yeah. those teams just stuck with what they have? They're... And, they have to, and they have to hope their taxi squad players and other random rookies that they draft are good enough to supplement for now until they have to hit the reset button and yeah. you know whenever that shelf life ends for those players. They're I mean I I think that's a really good point. They're probably stuck with those players, but I mean I don't know if that's such a big deal because I mean we've been talking we dating back to like halfway through season 1, we were talking about how Sloan's team is about to, you know, fall off a cliff and he's super old and like yeah that happened to, you know, Dalvin Cook, but like <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is he's all, is he all of a sudden going to be bad next year? No, probably not. Like, you know, Raheem Mostert is he all of a sudden going to be terrible next year? Probably not. Terry Kill, probably not. You know, like that happened to guys like Leonard Fournette for him and for, you know, and a couple others, but like, <laughs> I don't know. 
I think he still competes for at least another two years, maybe three. Like, th- sure, that cliff is coming. And to your point, like, he's got to make sure that he has enough, you know, to refill the cabinet. But like, I think, I think I way, I think I probably way overanalyzed how quickly Sloan's Sloan's team's descent would come. And I guess you know some credit to him too that like even when he lost Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, he had. You know, he made the moves, he made the picks, he saw, you know, picked up the right waiver wire guys to like be able to replace them um, and not just let his team, you know, fade into oblivion. But at the same time, like, I don't think his team's going anywhere. Like, right. I look at Josh's team and I'm like, I mean, shoot, like, Stefan Diggs is still going to be to Stefan Diggs next year. Like, Jalen Hurts ain't going nowhere. Kyler Murray is like back, you know, like for Josh, it's more of a running back thing. Like, do Aaron Jones and Eckler, like, do they still produce? But from a wide receiver perspective, like, Josh has a lot of dudes, like, that we're expecting to still come back and be guys. TJ Hawkinson, yeah. you know, CD Lamb. Like, he has a lot of people where it's like, cool, Josh is definitely not going anywhere. And, like, same thing with Tommy. Like, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, guys like that, like, maybe Nick Chubb, maybe their shelf life is going to come sooner rather than later. But even then, like... I yeah, I, like, it's, I it's tough. It's tough to imagine that that shelf life ends this season. Yeah, no, totally. And I think too, it kind of on the opposite end of that, it adds even more value to me to players like Jamar Chase on Tommy's team, where like Jamar Chase is a stud right now, and we all, everybody in the league knows he's going to be a stud for the next four, three, four, five years. But like, he's probably like if if his career arc is any anything similar to a Mike Evans or to a you know uh, uh, Keenan Allen or to you know whoever else you want to name like he's probably good for eight more years which like it you know implies that you know to me it's like you probably don't have to think about you know if you're Tommy you probably wouldn't even have to consider moving on from Jamar Chase until 2031 like Think about how far into the future that feels like. Right. That's so like so far. And if you, you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of kind of a middle ground player here to, you know, split the difference. Um, let me see if I can find a good example. Like, uh, like a Brandon Ayuk, I guess. He's 25. He's playing league for, you know, this is his fourth season, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is fourth season league. Like, let's say he's, he, you know, a quality player until he's 31. Well, that's five or six more seasons. Like he's probably startable until 2028. 2028 feels like forever. Like I, you know, all of a sudden Brandon Ayuk's value to me goes up a little bit. Just thinking of it in those terms. I agree. Yeah. It just adds a whole new light and perspective to like the dynasty format. Like, you know, I feel like people got too locked in on, I want to have, you know, I need my timeline. I need my timeline. I need my timeline. Honestly, this whole idea of a timeline thing is like, yeah, I want my good players. Like, I want my players all being good at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's the timeline. Like, if my players are bad, then, like, I have no chance to compete. But my timeline is, when do I want, like, when do I expect all of my players to be good? 
at the same time. And it's like, yeah, shoot, why not just make the time all the time and yeah. do what they have? Like, freaking give me good players now. Let me get young guys in the draft who I hope turn into something. And if I hit, you know, on a decent amount, like I'm ready to go. Or I have young studs that I'm like, I'm going to hold on to, never give up do my thing from there, you know? And yeah, it's just a, I mean, it's an interesting narrative and an interesting, interesting perspective that I think people are going to have to tackle on and take in these upcoming years. Like what really do I need for my team to try and go out and win that championship? Cause you know, coming from my end, taking a team who I thought could compete this year, just dissolving it after week four, and now realizing that if I had held on to more specifically like AJ Brown, I don't dump AJ Brown. You know, maybe that tells me I don't yeah. dump Mark Andrews, but like I could easily could have been sniffing the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like obviously not having my pick this year, I'm like, God, my team sucks. And I'm not necessarily going to get a really high draft pick unless Sloan decides to just come in fourth in the playoffs like i'm looking forward to 2025 but just like the background knowledge of myself being like god if my younger players don't figure it out soon like this fucking sucks yeah yeah like, i'm i was excited to see jsn get like actual targets in this game he had like six or seven catches yeah freaking had a touchdown taken away from him because these referees are freaking dumbos but I'm like, hey, that's cool. Then I also see George Pickens, who I was super high on, had really good games at the beginning of the season, freaking tweeting about wanting to leave Pittsburgh and, like, all hell's breaking loose out there. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? What? I don't like it. I want yeah. I want to be good right now. And I, I just, know. you know, I hate, I just. Yeah. It's uh, the looking back on it, right? Hindsight being 2020. What would I do differently in that startup draft? I definitely would have tried to take more guys that could have helped me win right now. Yeah. And then totally. teared it down from there. Yeah. And that's, I, I, you know, selfishly talking about my own team. Like I, I, like I mentioned, I really, I love my starting lineup, but I look at my bench and I'm like, like what happens if Michael Wilson doesn't pan out? And if, you know, Khalil Shakir doesn't pan out and Rashid Shahid doesn't pan out and Greg Dulcich doesn't pan out and whoever I take with Colin's second round pick this year doesn't pan out. Like, <laughs> where do I go from there? Like, right. I don't know. That I definitely feel like I've learned a lot of lessons in these first couple of years. And I, I think it's going to generically lead to less trading, which I'm sad about because I love talking trades. But I think it, I think people are kind of finding um, some, you know, finding out that they're okay with the status quo and kind of riding out the, the storm of it. I think we're going to get in. So I know Josh talks about being on the Dynasty Reddit all the time or has mentioned it numerous times. I still from time to time get on the Dynasty Reddit and I always see like posts from different leagues about you know here's why we do a trade deadline at this point here's why we don't have a trade deadline yada 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 and i think you know we talked this year about the trade deadline being very quiet 
and I honestly think our trade deadline being so quiet is because we only had four teams competing for the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But we get into these future years and if like team, like, you know, teams start to think, especially those bottom, you know, us groupies in the bottom six, I don't want to trade with the top guys because I don't want their old players. I want to keep my picks because I know I'm going to get better draft picks there. I'm going to do my thing from that. We start to get more teams, six, seven, eight of us competing for playoff runs right there, especially heading into the season. Now, when we get into like weeks eight, nine, and 10, if I know I'm not a playoff team in a certain year, like for whatever reason, I have a terrible injury. I'm at the bottom of the table, but I've got a guy that I'm like, hey, this is a decently old running back, or this is a guy that's just having a, a burst season. Yeah. And I can flip him for a second round pick or do whatever. Like, I feel like we'll get more trade deadline moves for guys who are like, I'm going for it. I'll give up a little bit of draft capital to get some guys now, as yeah. opposed to making a lot of these like future sellout moves. Yeah. No, very, I, you, you could definitely be spot on. I, part of me wonders if maybe, maybe the truth lies in the middle where we're facing maybe a two-year, you know, barren landscape when it comes to trades. And then to your point, like, as these bottom teams kind of get pick themselves back up off the mat, if, you know, two years down the line, then all of a sudden we see what you're talking about where, like, mm-hmm. teams get aggressive again. So I'll, I'll be curious to see. I'm, trust me when I'm that. saying, I'm, yeah, I'm not – not encouraging teams to not trade. I love trades. I love talking trades. I love seeing people's reactions to trades, but I also am encouraging you to do what's right for your team. And I, I wonder if that's what a lot of people are going to, you know, the conclusion a lot of people will come to. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I'm excited for the future. I'm ready for my team to not be bad. You know, I feel like you and I specifically being, of as like into football as we are, you know, alternating yeah. weeks doing this podcast for neither of us to have made a playoff appearance in the the yeah. like the timeline so far. Like, I'm like, man, I hate this. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be so excited <laughs> for whichever one of uh the bottom six of us the current bottom six of us whichever one wins a championship first i'm gonna be so excited for that person i don't care who it is like that's just gonna be so cool to see like somebody finally get you know get up there um you know when it, whenever that happens i'll be excited for him right yeah real quick before we wrap uh sloan and josh did uh you know kind of the inverse of our game with the you know um why do you think each team deserves to win the championship? And why do you think each team deserves not to win the championship? So, uh, you know, personally, and I don't know how to phrase this exactly. I I know we're, you know, like, at least I'm not, I'm not actively cheering against any team, uh, you know, to not win. Like, you know, we're all friends. I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm picking one team over the other, but like, do you have a team that you, you, you know, you're for whatever reason, you know, kind of slightly pulling forward to make sure, you know, where you're like, yeah, I would like, I'd like to see that team, you know, get a championship or in Tommy's case, the third championship. 
Yeah, I, I think I you're spot on with the statement of I'm not rooting against anybody. I might say I'm rooting for yeah. someone more than other people. Yeah. Um, I think the storyline of Tommy winning a third straight is great. I think it's like, you know, that's so funny and so cool that Tommy was able to do that. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't want Tommy to win again. Yeah. I just want it to be different. Yeah. What honestly, what I want to have happen is I want personally, I think I want Josh to win. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to feel bad for Josh for him creating such a team that he has did it last year, revamped it up again this year. And for it to not yield a championship, either of those years is like, that's hard. That's tough. Yeah. You know, but I think Josh is, Josh is the person I'm rooting for the most right now, but my, I, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. Josh was also the team that came to mind for me. And in a weird way, my, you know, cheering for him a little bit is uh is selfish in that I'm like, wow, I put a lot of time and effort and a little bit of money into you know into this dynasty league and and you know into trying to win it. And I would say of the four managers that are in the playoffs, I am my strategy and my commitment to or you know, I guess my commitment to research I should say should say is like most on par with josh's so i'm like man if he creates this team for two years in a row and doesn't win either i'm like why the hell am i wasting my time doing all this right research? so i need to take I mean, a step back and just do everything nonchalantly no. i know i know so that's that's why i'm like you know i i kind of am cheering for josh just so i don't drive myself insane with uh, you know, thinking about how much time I've wasted over the last three years to have a, you know, whatever, fifth place team. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, any last thoughts or topics you want to talk about? No, nah, not that I can think of. I think we, we said what needed to be said, cover what needed to be covered. I am excited for the scores this week. Uh, and looking forward to, to where things shake out for the, the end of the regular season. Yeah, I'm excited for, the, for uh, you know, where we go from here with the podcast, too. I feel like, I you know, the next time you and I will be on, we'll be preparing, you know, previewing the playoffs for everybody, taking a look, you know, maybe going in-depth on everybody's matchups and, you know, get a feel for who's, whose teams have good matchups, whose teams have bad matchups. You know, really let uh, – it'll be good, I feel like, for Josh and Sloan, too, to be able to take that week, just, you know, not have to do the podcast and analyze their own teams, but they can, uh, you know, just kind of hear our, you know, unbiased preview of, of all four. And then yep. uh, we'll get – what we'll get to preview the the championship week, too, right? Um, they'll, they'll preview going into the second week of the playoffs. We'll preview going into the third week. Yep. Is that right? And then, yeah. yeah, and then it'll fit it'll fit right in for them to have on the uh the champion. Yeah, right after the so, new year. Yeah, and I think then, it fits uh, this timeline fits super well. And then it is no it's all about the draft. draft season, maybe. All about that's that's the part we really look forward to. Yep. We can skip the playoffs. Let's get to draft talk. 
I don't even have neither of us even have our picks, but we're hyped for the draft. Uh, I, I, at least have, I, I at least I at least have yeah. picks. I yeah. have picks. I have pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no but anyway, it. it's gonna be great. We've got I think, you know, I think we've also kind of brainstormed some cool uh you know, off-season topics, you know, a little hint, we're going to be revisiting some of the old Dynasty Digest articles, uh, you know, taking a look back at what I got right, what I got wrong, you know, some of the funny, uh, funny comments I made two years ago. So, uh, yeah, it should be good. And then, yeah, get all revved up for draft season, probably take the summer off, uh, you know, and, and come back ready to go in 2024. So 2024, uh, the year, the year of the, the bottom six. Yep, the year of the bottom six. I love it. I love it. So, uh, any last thoughts? No, sir. Cool. Well, uh, it is now twelve oh two Eastern, so we have uh, made it into Friday. Uh, probably the first pod to ever span across two different days. So I, I'm, happy, I take pride in that. Happy to and uh, to span across two months. That's true. That's true. Happy December, everybody. Welcome to December. (laughs) I couldn't think of a better person to rate in the new month with. So, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for an awesome pod for everybody still listening. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. We will uh, talk to you come playoff time. Mm -hmm. Doughboys out.